It's a very special evening here on American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. As always, I am your host, Jeremy, and with me, as always, is my co-host. It's me. It's Michael. Michael, we have a... Uh, it's it's a special episode. Yeah, that's right. I can't imagine why it's a, a special time. I trust you're wearing your your finest tuxedo, uh, hair slicked back. Yeah, last year I said I was wearing my platinum tuxedo. This year I'm wearing my... Osmium tuxedo. Osmium, eh? Well, I mean, I can't blame you on such an auspicious occasion. Um, it's <laughs> WrestleMania week, Michael. <laughs> and it's also our third anniversary show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to do that for like a week. I had that idea last week. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> but yeah, th- uh, th- three years. Yeah, three years and a lot of beers. And we got a special one tonight. We do have it. Now, we've had a, a version of... Yeah. Yes. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get into it. Um, yeah, but... So, Michael, uh, I have content for you. Okay. Because normally it's you that makes these things up, but you've been ill. I thought I would stick my head out there, and I was out at a local, I guess you could call it a tap room. It's more of a restaurant with 60-some-odd beer taps on it, but it's uh, 30 Hop out in Coralville. Mm. Now, as we just talked about off-air, you've not been there, but I have, and I went there last night. That's right. I suppose this can kind of be my beer brag, where I had a new beer, well, a new-ish brewery called Barntown Brewing in West Des Moines that has been getting all the cred from people on my untapped list, and I had their Neon, I guess, New England IPA, Okay. which was very good, 4.25, and I had a gin barrel-aged sour from Madhouse Brewing in Ankeny, which Uh was... Intense because I'm not a big gin fan to begin with, but right. it was it was very good. And I also had a taster. These were mostly tasters, for the record. I was not hammering beers okay. on a Thursday. Yeah, these are probably heavy hitters, I imagine. They're kind of. But uh, the most surprising one was the Black Angel Black IPA from Reunion. Oh, this is you. Yes, you were uh, hinting at this. This was this is phenomenal. This is probably the best example of a dark IPA that I've ever had. Okay. It had that roast. It had the the stinky, stinky hops that we all love. And it had, you know, just a big seven and a half or something along those lines. But when I was looking at the tap list at 30 Hop, I was struck by how many, like, good to great breweries Iowa has. And so I, I, I posited this question to Twitter, and I'll posit it to you on the spot. Which Midwestern state do you feel has the best overall beer? And now let me uh, define some boundaries for you. Yes, I was just going to say, Midwest meaning? Uh, Northern boundary is the northern edge of Minnesota. Okay. So up to the Canadian border. The southern boundary is Missouri, the southern part of Missouri. The western edge will be the west side of Nebraska. And the eastern side I arbitrarily put as Indiana. Okay. So... Um. I have yet to decide my answer to this because it's hard. It is hard because there's really good breweries in each state. Indeed, well, not in each state. In yeah, Nebraska's pretty Several horrible. of the states. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. So out of the, uh, I think I've gotten five or six responses so far. Okay. Uh, including ex-host of the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, he put Michigan in there, which... I think that's a pretty good contender. Enemy of the state, Gus, he of Oklahoma, also put Michigan as there. 
Uh, we've got two for Illinois. Okay, reasonable two. We have the contrarian Stephen says Nebraska. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's great breweries in Nebraska. No, but no, I don't there's, know. There's really not. There's like I can't Imp- think Imperian of any. is fine. Like they, there's like two good breweries in there, but I think they only have two breweries. And mm. then it, it's hard to figure these things out because you know I'm biased. <laughs> well, the thing too, when you live in Iowa or you know as you do or Wisconsin, Wisconsin, you know, like you get a good crystallized picture mm-hmm. of the local, like what's immediately around you, and you can factor those in. Whereas we're probably only aware to places we visited or the bigger names from the other state Mm -hmm. like um somebody living in michigan probably knows toppling goliath but do they know Kelowna or fire trucker you know big grove big grove yeah exactly so that's that's probably the rub in the question is why it's difficult that's why i found it to be an interesting question i i find it hard to argue with michigan just based on how many mm -hmm. good beers that like founders and bells has However, I can't think New of any Holland. other... Oh, God, they're in there too, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, that just adds credence to that. I'm torn between Iowa and Michigan, but what do you say? I'd probably go Michigan. Uh, I probably would not have thought of that on my own, mm-hmm. but I just think they have some good breweries up there. It's that true. Are undeniable and wide reach, with also some chase beers thrown in the mix. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Chase beers, I have more for you after after you give me your beer brag. So how about you hit me with that? I had something from a brewery we were talking about, I think it was last week, uh, Victory. We mentioned them in the, I can't remember if that was last week or not, where we did the Craft Brewers Top 50. Oh, yeah. They were in there um, under a collective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had from them White Monkey, which is a... Belgian-style triple aged in white wine barrels. Mm-hmm. And so it's a 9.5% came in a bomber. It, it was good. This is the thing. So it was great. It was a good beer. But I like the original Golden Monkey, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. It, this is a variant off of that. And I like that so much. Like, this was almost a step laterally. The main thing was, like, it, this has a real kind of white wine finish is where the wine barrel comes in. You know, kind of that... Uh, grapey, a little sweet, you know, it was kind of a balance between a sweet and a dry wine and Mm -hmm. kind of that just fruity, grapey taste at the end. Um, But what I really like about the Golden Monkey is that triple finish, that yeasty finish, um, that real crisp quality that uh, that beer has. And it was missing from this one. It was replaced with that wine finish. So I think I gave this one a four where I give like the Golden Monkey... I've probably rated it from maybe 4.5, maybe even a 5 at some point. So it was good, but it was missing something for that particular beer. But had it been Mm -hmm. almost any other beer, it probably would have been great, just fine. But this one seemed like just like a step back or a step to the side as far as that brew goes. So Sure. But worth worth seeking out if you're interested in a a white wine barrel type beer. So I had to explain the idea of a chase beer to some coworkers of mine today. Mm, okay. And I did some digging in the uh in the old beerblackbook.com and Oh, that's a new website. Don't go there. It's okay. it's oh. not it's not bad, but it involves questions and I'm going to ask you. Gotcha. And so basically uh it's you know, it's not cool to buy like variant beers and then 
hawk them on the black market. I believe I've spoken on here about uh, last year's Dark Lord Day, where we saw people being offered like two hundred dollars for a variant, like on the, on the premises. Oh yeah, and it's just like it's it's not cool. But I I used I've I've been to this website a few times just to kind of get an idea on if I could pay for my wedding with some of the things that were in the uh, in the old closet there. <laughs> my manager could not believe it how much some of these uh, oh. beers were going for. So that's what this website so, is about. Yes. So this is Aha. the uh, the hawking of beers, and so I have some prices that I want you to guess, Michael. Okay. I'm going to give you a beer. I'm going to give you an, a variant, a year, because as we all know, vintages are important. Yeah. Um, I started off this exercise by trying to find the uh, Dark Lord variant that I have in the in the closet right now from last year, but uh, no one's got it on here. Um, oh, maybe it's ultra rare. It's not. Um, okay. <laughs> But so uh, we'll we'll start off easy, Michael. We'll start off with uh, Hunapu from Cigar City. Okay. Um, I'm looking at the price of a. There are 34 bottles of the 750 ml, so you know, standard bomber from this year. Okay. What do you think the average price it's going for? Um. So there's 34 available. There's 34 available. Okay, that helps inform this a little bit. I'm assuming it goes for between 20 and 25 a bottle if uh, Dark Lord retail. is, air quotes, retail, yes. Right, yes. If, if yeah, Dark yeah. Lord is to be considered like, you know, a... Limited release. A limited release sort of thing, I'm assuming Special. it goes for about $20, $25 a bottle. Yeah. It's more than that. Yes, yeah. So I'm just going to go double that. I'll say, I'll hedge a little bit and say 45 uh, you would be surprised, Michael. The 30-day average price in the past 30 days has been $44.21, so good work Ooh. on that. All right. For comparison, a bomber from 2014's latest transaction price was $70. So, I mean, it goes up as, you know, it gets older. Okay. What do you think the latest price of the bourbon barrel-aged Hunapu goes for from 2017? From last year, okay. Once again, for... Uh, for, Give me a uh, little context there. A context yeah. baseline. The I believe the the brand new variant of Dark Lord will go for fifty dollars a bottle. Okay, and that's brand new, so we're going a year back. Mm-hmm. I'll say mm, ninety nine dollars. You're strikingly close. The latest transaction price was a hundred and nine dollars. So I mean, that's a, only a year old. That's that, that, exactly. <laughs> Gee whiz. You may have remembered me talking about. Uh, an Aquavit Dark Lord from a few oh, yes. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there are none on the website right now, but the latest transaction for 2015 vintage of Aquavit Barrel Age Dark Lord. Give it a guess. 2015. The latest transaction date was August 26, 2017. Okay. And so that we're going off that price, yes. or the average price. Okay, the last price. The most recent transaction. Okay. Two years after, I'll say... I'm thinking this is over, but I might be wrong. I'm going to go 250 229 Michael. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and this is not like what people are asked. This is not a buy-it-now price. This is what was paid, at right. least to the best I can figure out. Yes. Um, the, uh, we're, get, we're getting to the insane stuff. So, okay. Um, the most highly sought after 
Dark Lord variant, Michael, is the Bourbon Vanilla Dark Lord, also known as the Marshmallow Hanji. Oh, yes. Okay. Don't um, you have that? I did. I had one from a few years, several years ago, but I drank it when I bought my home. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm looking at a 2017 variant of this. The last purchase was March 18th, so last month. Okay. How much do you think the latest transaction price for this beer was? Now, judging by your tone, I'm going <laughs> to say that it's higher than the last one. It's yep. only a year old. I'm, I'll just go go for it. I'll say 500 $575. Oh, my God. So I'm I'm going somewhere with this, Michael. Just okay, to... okay. This is this is getting a little dumb in the uh, modern sense of the word. Yeah. No. Oh no. You're you're not wrong. Um, okay. So the thing that kind of brought this all about was this past weekend was Toppling Goliath's release of Assassin, their Imperial mm-hmm. Stout. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I believe the tickets were. $200, and you got uh, two bombers, maybe two 12s, a pour on site, and some glassware. I think. Okay. I could be wrong on that. I am looking at the Gold Wax version, so this is their second release of Assassin from 2012. How much do you think it went for, Michael? From 2012, when, what, what is the date of the last sale? October 21st of last year, so six months, six months ago, yeah. Yeah. That's old, and that's mm-hmm. expensive to begin with. It's, and it's also the second release. Second release sounds rare. I picked the second release because the first release wasn't going for as high of a price as this one for some yeah. reason. Yeah, well, maybe it was not as good. It's, it's um, possible. Well, and if we're going escalating here... And we are. <laughs> I'm, I'll just go for the gusto. I'll say 1500 uh, you're a little bit over. It's This one okay. was going for $700, Michael. Okay. And this is for a single bomber of beer. But that, that, that's, yeah, that's still a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, not impressed. Mm-hmm. So the very, very last one that I'm going to tell you is also a Toppling Goliath. And this one they do not release every year. Okay. The reason why I tell you this one is because I just saw... That you know, in the the wake of the opening of their new brewery up in there in Decorah, which hopefully I'll get to sometime sooner rather than later, they have a bourbon barrel aged stout called SR seventy one. They do a silent release of this beer. They do uh-huh. not tell anyone when it's going on, and they're doing it this year. Now, so you just have to be there. You just kind of have... It, it seems like you kind of have to know a guy. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, I'm looking at a bottle of SR-71. Not the band, but the uh, the beer. From 2015. This is a bomber. The latest transaction date was 2018, March 9th. So not too long ago. Okay. One interesting thing that I'm finding out about this is that they also have multiple lot auctions. So, like, uh, like a 2014 Assassin, a 2015 SR71, and a 2014 Kentucky Breakfast Stout, things like that. But we're gonna we're gonna stick to the basics. How much do you think the latest transaction price? Okay. What do you think a bottle of SR71 is gone for? And what year is it from again? This is from 2015. I believe this is the most recent release most of SR71. Recent. Okay. Um, I'll rein it in a little bit. 
but I'll still go for it. I will say 1100 You're strikingly close, Michael. The latest transaction price as of March 9th, 2018 was $1,000 for a bottle of beer. Oof. That's nuts. It is. Like, that's like... That's... Like, at what point does that become, like, a mental illness? <laughs> uh, that's un- that's incredible. I mean, yeah, and I think this is, side note, Brews News. Mm-hmm. There was a Reddit, um, subreddit, whatever it is, uh, for... It was either selling or swapping beers, and that got shut down, I think. I believe it. Because it broke laws, I believe. Cause, Probably. Um, interstate transaction with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So... I'm sure there's ways to get around that, but um, that's fascinating. And that's pretty recent, too. That's, like, two years. Like, that's a pretty big um, return on investment. Yeah. Considering it an investment rather than something you'd consume. Yeah, that's getting a little crazy. Yeah, my manager, boss, whatever you want to call him, her response was like, you know, I could buy an awful lot of Michelob Ultra for that amount of money. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yes. Yes, you could. Yes, you could. (laughs) But yeah, I thought, you know, given that we have, you know, a somewhat rare beer, a fancy pants beer, Hmm. and, you know, just the fact that it had been brought up in my day-to-day life that I thought that would be a good thing to uh, bring up to you. No, that was a great quiz and very interesting. I I had no idea that things went up that high, and it's also interesting to kind of see what is considered ultra rare, Mm -hmm. too, because assigning a dollar value to on a secondary market makes it very clear what is hard to get. So, And once again, I'd like to point out that those were not like what people were, I mean, they may have been what people were asking, but as far as I can tell, that's what people paid for it. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, whew. I always knew it was kind of weird because I've seen people just waiting outside. Is it Dark Lord Day anyways? You would walk through the brewery, get your random variant, and then mm-hmm. be on your way. And then people are like, what'd you get? What'd you get? Do you have Chemtrail Mix? Which, by the way, was the best name. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a good that was, name. That was, that was a good name. It is like, oh, no. It's like, oh, you got French Vanilla Militia. Uh, I'll give you 150 bucks for it. Oh, and you're like, oh, my. See, like, that's a little disgusting, like, on the spot. Well, it's it's not. It's like a, a somebody who buys a bunch of tickets for a concert and. It's, it's essentially scalping, them. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean. At least there you can potentially have the reasoning of, like, I've been drinking 15% stouts all day long in the sun, getting yeah. bombarded with Amonomarth and or, you know, just high on fire or whoever happens to be playing. So at least there it's like, oh, I was hammered. What are you going to do? Right. That at least makes sense. But yeah, there's some content for you, Michael. I thought I would participate for once. That is, yeah, thanks for participating, Jeremy. That was an excellent segment. Right on the money. I know, right? <laughs> money. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah. So, Jeremy, being our third anniversary mm-hmm. episode, we'll go through the uh, annual tradition of reading off some fascinating stats. Oh, boy. And I'll kind of spin it in a quiz, but it's really like, just take your best guess kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, our first ep was way back April 7th, 2015. And this comes out on April 10th. So, as you can see, we are... This is our third anniversary. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, care to venture how many beers we FDR'd in the past year? Uh, 58. Ah, 59. You're right up there. 
which is higher than last year's 56, and then the first year was 90, because we did a lot of, like, brewery blowouts and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and, uh, but yeah, we're kind of sticking more of a linear progression here. As far as states, Jeremy, care to guess which state slash states were our top sampled states? Mm-hmm. I feel like I just said states a lot of times in a row. The, uh... The obvious answer would be Iowa, but okay. I'm going to go with Colorado. Jeremy, you are right on both accounts because yes. Colorado, California, and Iowa are tied at five. Boom, boom, boom. Wisconsin at four, Illinois at four, and then next is New York at three. Mm-hmm. Interesting. As far as non-U.S. beers, do you want to guess frequency there? Like how many we had, or just like yeah. countries, or our countries. Sorry, yeah, countries. Uh, the highest ranked countries as far as beers we FDR'd. Uh, I want to go with Belgium. Actually, Belgium. We only had one beer from Belgium <laughs> apparently. Really? In the last year, yeah, we've had two from Germany and two from England apparently. Hmm. The beers from Germany were Gaffel Kolsch. Oh yeah. And original Oktoberfest from. Hocker Shore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that one was good. And we had a, a Newcastle from England. And then we had another one from England, which was the Bombardier. Uh-huh. Glorious English. So that's how they got up there. Oh, yeah. That was good. Okay. Highest rated beer. Do you remember what it was? Oh, God. Um. And it's a tie. I will say that. Oh, uh, the, uh, the William Milo Stone. Yes, that is one of them. Okay. And the other one is Founders KBS. Both at a 4.75. Yeah. yeah, right up there. Mm-hmm. Very good brews. Very good. The new ones just came out this week, and uh, fun fact, friend of the show Steven has eight bottles of it. <laughs> <laughs> also up there was Stone's Okavesa and that Double Toasted Marshmallow from Decadent Ales. Oh, yeah. That was good. That was good. That was good. Lowest rated beer... Do you remember Samurai. what it was? That's the lowest rated craft. I'll give that to you. That was okay. a 1.5. Oh. Uh, Ham's actually rated. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. At a 1.25. And then uh, a recent entrant, Sam76. That was not good, man. 1.88, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, average ratings, Jeremy. Do you want to guess what your average rating was? What my average rating was? Uh, probably 3.66. <sighs> Uh, it was 3.51. I'll, I'll take it. And your median was 3.75. Hmm. Look at this, Jeremy. So was my average and my <laughs> median exactly the same, uh, which I don't know is good. I don't know what that means, <laughs> good, but good. Uh, just a point of interest. Again, kind of useless stats here just to kind of... Useless stats are pretty good at uh, yeah. filling out time. <laughs> our, ra- <laughs> our ratings have been going up from the year before, so well, that's I good. guess we might just be having better beer. I don't know. Well, we also haven't had, you know, as many gasoline alleys as... Good point, yeah. That said, I have been tempted on multiple occasions to put four loco in the swap. It, it can be done. I know it can be done. You can't stop me. <laughs> it will be done, apparently. I didn't say that. Because if I do it now, you're going to be expecting it. <laughs> oh, I guess if you look at the overall median, it drops to 3.63. And that's the final blockbuster killer stat from the uh, <laughs> year in review. So what can we pull, what can we pull out of these uh, numbers, Michael? We can, we can pull that we get, you know, generally good beer. Generally good beer. 
Some um, great, a couple of garbage ones. Yeah. You know, we mix it up a little bit. We try. I think our spread of our states makes sense as far as availability. Yeah. Like, it's local, and also the most widely distributed beers are probably Colorado and California, at least for us. That's my guess, anyways. So, yeah, all that kind of makes sense. Yes, it does. Sweden actually made the uh, non-U.S. beer list, too. Sweden? Oh, it's technically brewed in uh, Massachusetts. Uh, uh, Omnipoyo counts. Splong. Yeah. I, I saw some Omnipoyo on tap last night, Michael. Oh, There's was si- it a different one? It was their Selassie Imperial Stout. But mm. given that I had to drive, I figured it wasn't a good idea to have an Imperial Stout. Yeah, that's probably going to be... Uh, that's like three beers in one, kind of, yeah, sometimes. It could be, yes. Well, very good. Well, let's start adding on to next year's list. New new season? New era? New era? Un- new undisputed era? I don't know. New year? New beer. New new year New yes. beer I don't know. It's, it's Friday. <laughs> yeah, we are recording later in the week than usual. As Michael um, was dead. I was dead during and the week. And then he rose again, oddly enough. Yeah. <laughs> Just after Easter. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Jeremy, tell them what the FDR is. The FDR is where we find a beer, drink a beer, and then we rate that beer. And for our third anniversary show, we have something we've kind of had before. Michael, what do we got? We have Trappist Rochefort. Yeah, but Number six. Six, six, six. Authentic <laughs> Trappist product. Yes. So we've had the 10 on the show we before. We did have Trap 10. That, was that and for that, last year? That was for the 100th episode. Okay, actually. that's what it was. Yes, I, yeah, I was kind of confused. So we kind of talked about all this stuff, but we'll just do a quick refresher. Mm-hmm. So Trappist beer is a beer that's brewed by Trappist monks, and it will have to label authentic Trappist product that was created, I think, in the 90s. So it was, it's a recent addition. It's just a trade production to ensure that beers with that label are within this little association that are authentically brewed by monks and have to follow certain criteria. It's the equivalent of the uh, true freak label. Yeah, the, yeah, that's brewed within the monastery and it's kind of a charitable, like self-sustaining thing and uh-huh. not a big business venture. We just talked about the uh, the people that, oh God, what was it? The the grocery store that sold all that Westie, whatever, yes. Westie 12, Westie 8? I don't remember what it was. Yeah, yes. Well, that particular trap is, you can only get at the monastery. Mm-hmm. This one... I can get it Dirty John's. Yes, it's, it's, it's more widely available. Because of its rarity, it tends to be a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, We're not talking Black Beer Book expensive, but yeah. not talking Michelob Ultra <laughs> either. So. Um, so this is from Brasserie de Rochefort, which is a Belgian Trappist brewery. That's where most of the Trappist breweries are, but there's some in the Netherlands. There's mm-hmm. actually one in the United States, Italy, Austria. Um, and this is the oldest the Trappist Breweries, opening in 1595. They are the number five out of 11 as far as number of barrels produced a year. So they kind of straddle the line between the more ones that you see more commonly, like Chimay and Orval. That's probably not how you say it. It's right, Orval. Orval. Um, and La Trappe. La Trappe? La Trappe? Vestmal. So those are ones that you'll more commonly see. This one you it's pretty common too, but beyond this beer is you're going to see more rare, harder to find ones. Sure. So, straddles that line. As far as the beer itself, 
Um, so the 10 that we had, that was more of a quad type beer. This one, thinking it's supposed to be like a double, but I'm not 100% sure if it's going to match up to what a, a modern double is. Double. I have to taste it to figure it out. That's what we'll do. It has a red cap. It does have a red cap with a big old CX on it. Um, from the website merchantduvin.com. Uh-huh. Uh, they have more information than Wikipedia, surprisingly. The six is named after the original gravity measured in Belgian degrees, Ooh. a brewing scale no longer used today. First sold to the public in 1953. Ingredients include water, barley, candy sugar, as you see in a lot mm. of Belgian brews, hops, coriander, and yeast. Coriander, eh? So there's cilantro in here. <laughs> yeah, technically. <laughs> ABV of 7.5 and IBU of 18. Again, according to this website, I don't know if that's official or not. But, uh, well, um, the bottle says 7.5. Oh, the bottle does confirm. Yeah. Okay. And this is also listed as a Belgian strong ale. Yeah. So, so I'm not, maybe it's not a double. Maybe that was bogus information. Here's a little bit of color text. Okay. This beer, the oldest of the three Rochefort Trappist beers, has the reddish mm-hmm. color of autumn leaves, a soft body, and an earthy herbal palate, parenthesis, a hint of Darjeeling tea, close parenthesis, which develops into a deep fruitiness. Uh, we're supposed to drink this in a Trappist chalice, Michael. What are you going to drink this in? I got a uh, tulip type thing. As do I. Duval? Uh, mine is not quite the Duval glass, but it is uh, a more standard tulip. Not a flare. I, I, I don't know. Let's just open the friggin' beer. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Now, I want to keep this bottle cap because it's cool. It is pretty awesome. Oh, that smells wonderful. Just put your snoot in there, Michael. Ooh, it has a real malty. I was going to say it smells like a real beer smell, but I guess I meant really richly malty by that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, while we're taking our time pouring this, which I hope you are, mm-hmm. uh, I'd like you to know that we racked our attempt at a New England IPA into secondary last night with a dry hop of six ounces Wow! that was about the size of a small melon, and it smelled amazing, Michael. <laughs> it smelled like heaven itself. Six ounces of citra hops just floating there. It's phenomenal. It was so. It's. I'm so excited for this beer. And fun fact, you'll be down here in a week, mm-hmm. and that means you can help us bottle it. Oh, sure. Why <laughs> Finally. not? Finally, <laughs> I can contribute to the physical labor. Um, autumn leaves is a good way to put this. The color there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's apt. A nice autumnal reddish brown. Uh, in this particular tulip, I've got do to do about. Two and a half fingers worth of head on it? Yeah. It's kind of dissipating, at least for me. It's kind of going away quickly, but, I mean, it was there with the pour. Mine has a bit of a root beer float thing going on. Oh, yeah, kind of like lingering there a mm-hmm. little bit. What are you getting out of the smell? Sorry, I'm I'm actually just transferring the very dregs of this bottle to a another receptacle oh. <laughs> for their use. I'm going to put this in apple juice. Yeah, so we'll report on that later, mm-hmm. um, if it works. Uh, it'll work. Um, nose, here we go. It does have like a, a malty earthiness to it. Does, do you get a hint of Darjeeling tea while you're at it too, Michael? Mm, I can't say I'm too familiar with that, but... I mean, it's it's tea. There is an herby, not herby, that's maybe too strong of a word. Earthy? It's kind of like a, a muted smell, so like not sharp. Kind of a refreshing scent, really. I, I agree. It's uh, it's rather delightful. It smells like what you would expect a trippiste 
Is it Trappist? Trappist? I think it's Trappist. Eh, all right. Well, it, we're nothing if not uninformed. There. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of <laughs> negatives in that that I kind of got me through and around. Um, let's go in, shall we, good sir? Yes. Let's go for the Rochefort Six. The mouthfeel is amazing. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. It very much does not feel like a double or a triple or no. a quad. It just feels like a sh- so, which makes sense considering it's right. technically question mark listed as a strong ale. It kind of tastes like a strong ale. It's complex. Mm-hmm. It's very smooth. A real luxurious mouthfeel, though. Like it's from the tip to the back. It's nice and uh, pretty thick. Very much so. Yeah, you get a maltiness, a real kind of sweet maltiness to begin with, mm-hmm. but with a little, you know, the little darker caramely flavor to it. And at transition, you get a little alcohol bite on the middle of the tongue, and the back end is kind of a, a yeast flavor. A little, um, but uh, but not too bad. In a good way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has a nice bite to it without disrupting any of the other flavor. It has a really good aftertaste. It's real clean in that regard. No, not clean. That's not a good word because that means there'd be no aftertaste. It's beyond clean. It's better than clean because it leaves you with a... A sharp taste? No, that's not right. Because sharp would be like vinegary or acidic or something along the lines of a sour. Kind of crisp. Crisp is one way to put it. That's true. Yeah. Is there anything that you could uh, immediately compare this to? I was thinking, and it's hard to... Because this other beer that I'm compared to is very unique, and I, I probably have to do it side by side to see if I'm right here. But mm-hmm. it, Parat is kind of yeah. jumping in my head a little bit. Yep. Parat, I think, had a more strong flavor, though. Um, it did. To the point yeah. where it was almost a little distracting. This is much more smooth. It is. But yeah, that's kind of the first thing that popped in my head is, oh yeah, if I think this is like Parat. The last time I had Parat was on a bluff while a cannon was being shot at us, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about it. I mean, I remember the uh, the cannon. I just... The only thing I technically remember about that afternoon, and not, you know, due to intoxication, but just because the way that that cherry almond ale stuck out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which was the other one the we had that night. Or day, rather. Are you getting much of a yeast character? And if so, how do you describe it? I think I'm getting it a little bit in the aftertaste at the end. And yeah. And it's just, you know, that Belgian yeast. I don't know. I, it's hard to describe yeast because it's not often used. Yeasty. Yeah, yeasty. And that sounds bad, but it's a good thing. You don't really see it outside of the, like, Belgian-style I guess a half of ice and you would. Yeah. But that's one of my favorite tastes of beer is getting a good yeast profile in it. So, yeah, I love when I get a beer that has that in it. But I, I feel like the, the maltiness that goes along with the beer kind of will change that yeasty character to it. Because whereas a triple and a double could, I guess, technically have the same yeast in it, they're going to taste significantly different. Yeah. Well, and you think, like, the yeast in a Hefeweizen is, like, all those supposed flavors. Mm-hmm. Clovey, banana peppery. bubblegum e. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the malt definitely influences it. I'm sure the yeast strain has an influence on it, too. But, oh, sure. Um, and as I go back into this, maybe it's that coriander, but I, it, there is a um, spiciness to this. A little bit. It's it's not terribly pronounced. It's not like a noble hop in a pilsner or something like that. But there is a little bit of a kick to it. 
Um, right. In comparison to other Belgians that you have had, so be they doubles, triples, quads, mm-hmm. uh, trap 10, trap 12, trap queen, wh- how would you... How does this rank it? Or? Well, not necessarily rank it, but how does this uh, rate on the reachability scale? Oh, reachability? Be- because, like, a quad, for example, while That's, yeah. while very good, is is sort of like, you know... You have to be in the right mood, uh, kind of. Oy- o- oysters? I don't know. I don't like oysters. <laughs> Just one of those things that you don't eat terribly often, but you like it when you have it. Right, yeah. No, I'd say this is definitely more approachable than the 10 that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really a little heavier, a little... Significantly. Yeah, a little more strong flavor. This one isn't like pop it in the cooler for a hot summer day reachable, but... No, but it... It's very... It's much more uh, accessible and easier to drink than a lot of the Belgians. And actually, 7.5... It hides it well. Yeah, it, well, and it's pretty on the lower end as far as some of those triples go. Sure. and. Quads, for that matter. You expect those to be like nine, ten, right? Or at the so very least, eight and a half. In that regard, too, that makes it a little more. You know, you don't have to plan your day around having yeah. it or something like that. I, th- I think the way that I would put this or describe it is, if someone had a four pack of Trap Ten, we'll say, mm-hmm. in or whatever. I'm assuming they sell it in fours. They had a four pack of that in their fridge, and it was just like you're coming over to watch the big game, I would cock an eyebrow and be like, really? Yeah. Whereas, if they had this, be like, ooh, fancy. But I wouldn't, like, throw shade or have, like, who are you trying to impress? Right, right, yes. yeah. That would make a little, it'd be, it'd be fancy, but it wouldn't be necessarily out of the ordinary, I guess. The wor- the working man's Trappist Belgian. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I go out to the mines in Belgium, and I mine coal. <laughs> they wipe the coal from their face, coal ash from their face, and crack one of these open and just they drink it. crack it open and get their working man's chalice out of the... <laughs> uh, are you getting much fruit out of this? Because like, oh. with, with these, you know, they're, they're supposed to be like uh, some sort of like stone or dark fruit or something along those lines. Mm. We're both a bit congested, in case yeah. the listener couldn't tell. So, um, get a little bit of it. A little bit, Fair. not as much as the quad. Definitely not. Which had a nice raisiny, dried fruit taste. Current. This, this is more malty. This is more slightly spicy. A little more. Yeah. This is a little more stripped down, but in a good way. Mm. Should we rate it? All right. Uh, you go first. All right. Okay. Sip of judgment. Here we go. Let me just get this in real quick before I rate it too. Yeah. The flavor has evolved as I've been drinking it. Most definitely. Um, it's got a little more bitter. It's got a little more. The alcohol burn has intensified a little bit, and uh, it's just different. Yeah, uh, which is what I love about these beers too is that the flavor changes as you drink it. So, hmm, I think you know the triple to me, or a golden ale is probably what I prefer in a Belgian beer. Golden strong, one might say. Golden strong, yeah. So for those who are waiting for me to drop the five star, it's this one not, not going to happen. It. No, it's a very it's good beer. Really good, but it's not perfect. It's probably almost as good as the ten. I think so. I think they have different positives. I think the ten. I know quads are good, but they're not my. 
they get a little too dense for me after a while. Yeah, that's fair. Whereas this one's a little easier. It but is. you're right. Maybe the ten. Well, it's either on par or just slightly down. Do we know what the numbers signify? The um, original gravity in the Belgian, according to that. Oh God, you did just talk about that, didn't you? Merchant Duvin, which apparently is the importer of this beer. Now that I'm looking at it in the mm-hmm. bottle. Indeed. Um, sometime you'll have to come down here during uh, Oktoberfest because Merchant Duvin does have a table. Ooh. It's a.k.a. the Dirty John's table because they're ah. also the importer and all the fun stuff comes through there. Yes. Um, so I'll rate it. I'm going to give it... This is really good. I think it's exceptional. And for personally me, this is one of my favorite type of styles, Belgian beers in general. 4.5. I want to go 4.25. Yeah, I was thinking about that too, it's but a, yeah. Very very solid beer. Um, it's, it's lacking that delicacy. Of, of yeah, say, a triple. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's very good point. But, that's uh, very astute. But it, but once again, still insanely good. Uh, yeah, 4.25. It's good stuff. It is good, yeah. Uh, I just looked back at the 10. I wasn't going to do it prior to rating. Of course. I gave that a 4.75. You gave it a 4.5. So uh, very similar motif, I guess, for both of us there, kind of. Just a slight notch below, mm-hmm. but um, still liking it. So, so happy anniversary to us! Uh, finally, you remembered. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we almost missed it this year. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I guess let's just get out of here real quick. We'll do yeah. social media real quick. APM Pod um, everywhere. Twitter, that awful website, Facebook. Uh, on, <laughs> oh on God. Our... <laughs> On Untapped, we're Tom Bombadil of the show, Keeper of the Untapped Mike. Keeps up with our ratings. Thank you, host emeritus. Better website. Um, follow us there, too. Subscribe to the show if you want to. That'd be great. And uh, send us an email, too, at apmpod at gmail.com. What's your favorite uh, state? For Yeah, oh, yeah. way in on the Midwest. Although there's a Twitter thread going on about that, too. You can jump yeah, on. Yeah, just jump on that. It's fine. We'll leave it at that. So yeah. Yeah, we Here's will. to another... Three years? Question mark. Ooh, that's a long time. But for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>